As promised, here is the rest of my interview with Robin Stewart talking about how she got into authoring and uh, just more details about her, her road as a cybercrime author and some works that are coming up next year. Okay, again, this is Getting Into Information Security, and I'm your host, Amit Aswat. You can find other episodes at gettingintoinfosec.com. Thanks. You mentioned that you're an author. And I want to give time for that. I'd love to hear more about your endeavor as an author and what you've done in the past and some works coming up in the future. Yeah. So after writing a couple of white papers for SANS during uh, various certifications, uh, I discovered that uh, I really kind of like writing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And while I was between jobs at uh, law firms, while I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, I did spend some time as a sports journalist. Uh, I'm an avid mountain biker and I ended up writing a book uh, called Mountain Biking for Women. And the the first iteration, my first draft at it was, it was sort of Zen and the art of mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had sent that around. And I think that was actually the title of it. Uh, yes. I sent it around to small presses around the country. And uh, lo and behold, a, a small press in upstate New York contacted me and said, hey, this is great, but I want you to rewrite it completely and maybe make it a women specific, because this was uh, in the early 90s, which was the first year of the woman. Mm. But this this year of the woman occurred in the sports world. And um, in mountain biking in particular, the the stars, so to speak, were mostly women. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, ex-pro skiers were taking to mountain biking as a way to train uh, in the summertime and then also utilizing some of the same skills on, uh, you know, dry land as opposed to snow and yeah and um i was an avid mountain biker myself and gave a shot to uh doing some journalism on the side uh i was a mountain bike mechanic so apparently i've always kind of had the the technical lean Mm -hmm. um nice so I was uh, freelancing for a while there. So I wrote Mountain Biking for Women after the, the editor of the, the small press convinced me that it would be a good idea. Uh, and that led to getting more work uh, in magazines, freelance work with different magazines, uh, Mountain Biking Magazine, Bicycling, uh, Dirt, one of the bigger names in the very small world. Um and then when I was early on in my tech career, probably about 10 years later, that was when somebody uh, on Bug Track, the mailing list, mm-hmm. uh, the, the old listserv, um, put out a, a call basically asking for anybody who wanted to contribute to a new textbook. And I put up my hand and said, sure, I'll write something on digital forensics if that's what you like. You know, and I, right. I'll talk to the editor of that. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing exactly that. I wrote, uh, I wrote the chapter on digital evidence preservation and presentation suitable for um, court. Awesome. You, you know, kind of a, the marriage between my, my legal background and my tech background or mm-hmm. tech experience at that time. Um, and that book ended up being a three-volume tome that is still a, uh, a textbook today through John Wiley and Son. Mm-hmm. And awesome. yeah, um, and that, uh, the whole writing thing kind of took, a, I had to set that aside for a while while I made a living because it's a very hard way to make a living. You get paid mm-hmm. by the word. In, in journalism and oh, wow. uh, it's <laughs> wow. like five cents a word. We're not talking like a dollar a word. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Um, so I, I opted to have a real job for a while. And plus uh, I was really more interested in writing fiction than I was in writing nonfiction. And because of what I was doing for a living, there was more interest in me from 
the publishing world as a nonfiction author. And I'm like, eh, I don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of set aside that ambition while I developed my my tech career. And then about 2011, I want to say, mm-hmm. um, I got the bug again and wrote a novel. And it was terrible. <laughs> But, uh, uh, and full of cliche, and it was had absolutely nothing to do with my day job. It was uh, something I did as an escape to okay. to like you know get out of the whole tech thing for a while. Right. Um, and I ended up going to a workshop on the advice of a friend of mine who is an author. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I asked her, "This, well, what do I do now? What what's the next step I take to to become a published author in in fiction?" And I've just sort of kind of recreated the same dynamic that. I uh, it took me through my tech career. I'm doing it again in the publishing world where I'm looking for mentors and listening to them um, and awesome. participating in the community. Mm-hmm. And so this first workshop I went to uh, turned out to be a, a, the craft of writing commercial fiction. And the, uh, the guy who ran the program took a liking to me because I was, once again, very enthusiastic, willing to learn, and demonstrated that when he gave us advice, I did it. And uh, both he and two literary agents just implored me to write about cybercrime. Oh, wow. They said, you've got the platform, as it's called, which is, you know, the expertise, which makes it easy to sell you as an author because something I learned is that mm. publishers aren't really looking for a book. They are looking for an author. They're, they're looking for a person that they're going to invest a lot of time and money in. And so they don't want a one hit wonder. They want somebody who's in it for the long term. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's so that's, yeah, mm. that's why my job was so important to these people. And I'm like, okay, so I'll take a, a crack at it. I wrote a cybercrime novel that was a political um, thriller as much as it was a, uh, techno thriller if you want to call it that Mm -hmm. and i developed that one over about a two-year period kind of honing it through uh working with uh, freelance editors uh workshopping it uh, with other writers that i met at uh different workshops you know commercial workshop and uh the, the guy who ran the that first workshop that i i went to has uh it's a, a an outfit called algonquian uh not to be confused with Algonquin. He, it's named for a region in Maryland, mm-hmm. somewhere back east. Uh, mm. But he puts together these workshops for uh, the writing craft and then also how to pitch because pitching is a very big part of the publishing world. You don't get anywhere if you can't pitch. And right. pitching is basically a job interview. And that's how I look at it. Um, and it's selling yourself and selling the book at the same time. And uh, there were a couple of local uh, writers conferences that I attended where I was able to meet with literary agents and editors to kind of hone my pitch mm-hmm. on this book that I'd written. And when I felt ready, uh, this guy invited me to something that he does in New York four times a year, which is called the New York Pitch Fest, where yeah. it's just four days of doing nothing but uh, pitching agents and editors and honing your pitch and fine tuning your pitch and, and you know, receiving the, the constructive feedback on how to make either the pitch better, the book better, whatever, you know, 
putting together the whole package. Yeah. And he Sounds invited like startup life. <laughs> exactly. And wow. he invited me to uh, to go uh, a year before I finally accepted. So there were four cycles that I was like, yeah, no, not yet, because I I took this very very seriously, and it mm-hmm. was something that I didn't want to blow because this time right. this was important to me. And I know from experience that you only get one shot at that first impression, and I wanted mm-hmm. it to be a good one. So I didn't want to go until I felt ready and felt confident in my pitch and my product. Yeah. And so that I could project the the confidence and the professionalism that I knew that they would be looking for. So I finally mm-hmm. go and uh, they broke up the, uh, the pitches, the pitch groups by uh, genre. Mm-hmm. And because I write mysteries and thrillers, I was with the mystery and thriller group. And uh, the leader of that group was a literary agent, uh, based on the East Coast by the name of Paula Meunier. Um, she's mm-hmm. very well known in the uh, crime fiction community. Okay. And uh, she was working with all of us on our pitches. And by the end of the four days, I got 100% requests, including from Paula herself. Wow! So every every agent I talked to, every editor I talked to, they all wanted to see my book. Wow. And they all wanted to like have the opportunity to work with. So uh, I ended up signing with Paula. Mm-hmm. And that book uh, went through, I think, two more revisions before she started shopping it around. And unfortunately, that uh, shopping it around took place in fall of 2016. So fall of 2016, if you'll recall, was also a very hotly contested presidential election. Oh, right. (laughs) And uh, presidential politics were... Uh, we were all being inundated. And because my that particular book was dealing with presidential politics, uh, uh, not, it wasn't an election, it was about a, uh, a plot to assassinate the, the president using a cell phone. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, um, how timely of a, of a oh, okay. Yes, exactly. So that book is actually still out on, to the best of my knowledge, there have only been two uh, publishing houses who turned it down and it was, um, they turned that book down, but they both said that they were willing to read anything else I wrote. And so I've written two more books since then. Uh, the second one I shelved because it was extremely controversial. Um, a young adult that was, uh, about sexting and um, there are rules in each publishing genre and one of the rules of young adult is they can't be too sexy so so my agent said that uh uh, it's okay to break the rules but not for a debut so yeah so i needed to write something a little bit uh, less controversial and i jokingly said um, something to the effect of, oh, what if it, well, I don't want to say what it is. Um, <laughs> but um, I made a joke about a very lighthearted subject. Okay. And she said, oh, my God, that's awesome. Write that. Okay. And so I did. And uh, I'm now polishing that up. That was a year ago, a year ago, July, when mm-hmm. I had this conversation. And uh, Paula and I just met actually last week or two weeks, maybe it was okay. two weeks, um, and went over some, uh, a couple of changes, one of them major than the rest minor. And uh, we're hoping that that will be the uh, my novel length 
debut. Um, I'm going to be getting that into her hot little hands uh, in early 2019. Okay. In, in the meanwhile, um, I am a member of the Mystery Writers of America and Sisters in Crime. And uh, Sisters in Crime, is, it's not just for women. It, they're sisters and misters. So oh, men are in, invited, of course, to join. Uh, but they're basically their they're communities to uh, help promote each other, uh, coach each other, support each other because it's any sort of uh, uh, artistic endeavor it's it sounds like it, you, it's something that you do alone but it's really not mm-hmm. uh, but there is a significant part of the time where you're not getting any feedback and it's really easy to kind of wallow in self-pity or or feel down because you're not getting feedback or whatever um, and it's so sisters in crime and mystery writers of America are uh, really great venues for uh, being a cheerleader and having your work being cheer-led and uh, helping each other to grow. And I'm also uh, a volunteer expert on cybercrime topics. So I uh, have given advice and I do a lot of um, uh, consulting with other authors on themes or uh, what what the realities are of different types right. of technologies and things like that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sort of their, their, their pet ask the expert type of person on on topics around cybercrime um and my chapter of sisters in crime northern california chapter uh is one of the few chapters that has not had their own anthology yet and Mm. so their very first anthology they put out a call for uh submissions for short stories last year and uh, I forget why I wasn't working on a novel, but I wasn't working on a novel at the time. I had like two to three weeks uh, where I'm just like, mm, I'm not really working on something right now. So what should I be doing? And that's when this short story opportunity came up. And so um, I have never really mastered the short form of storytelling. And so this was another case of, well, let's see if I can do it. What's the worst thing that can happen? They say no. Right. Nice. So, yeah. And but so they said, yeah. But they said yes. yes. Yes, they did. So yeah, my, my very first cybercrime short story uh, got picked up in this anthology and that will be uh, released to the masses in the first quarter of uh, 2019. We're hoping mm-hmm. for January, but uh, sometime between January and March. And the book is called Fault Lines uh, and it's an anthology of uh, San Francisco themed uh, crime fiction uh, by Northern California authors. And uh, my particular story is called Seg Fault, which mm-hmm. is short for Segment Fault, which is a very common uh, computer error. Right. It's basically a, a heist caper, um, but that's precipitated by a cyber event. Hmm. Yeah, I'm super excited to uh, check it out. Um, I, so you have, so 2019 seems to be, it's, it's going to be a to be a fun year for you. For yeah, I'm excited. Awesome, that's awesome. Uh, so, so none of your so your previous works are not. <laughs> uh, when, when you have like ten yes. novels out, you'll probably release. So. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, I wrote uh, a mystery, my first mystery that I ever wrote, uh, full length. Mm-hmm. I wrote like in the mid '90s, uh, and it's again has absolutely nothing to do with technology or computers because it, it predated my career in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been brainstorming ways to uh, resurrect it because the story itself was fun and the characters were really fun yeah. in that one. And so um, I do yeah. have a, I've got a backlog of, uh, of stories to tell. Yeah. I was wondering if there's anything my, my kid read now. Uh, um, not yet. I am. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. But uh, yeah, when fault lines comes out, that will be, uh, that'll be the, the big, my, my big debut 
to, okay. to the world of fiction. Awesome. Um, and it's turning out that um, it, my story in that uh, becoming a, a debut, a debut via short story and anthology in particular is becoming more common. Um, oh. I didn't realize that because the uh, publishing houses are very risk averse mm. uh, and now more than ever. Because there are so many people who are able to, you know, self-publish, right. or, you know, do eBooks or whatever. So the competition has increased, mm-hmm. which has raised the bar on uh, what publishing houses are willing to spend and put behind a debut author. And gotcha. so now, the you know, with that higher bar, uh, I, uh, I'm fully confident that I will, I will meet that challenge because I always do. But <laughs> awesome, yeah. I, I just don't stop until I do. Yeah. Uh, Perseverance. Exactly. But uh, debut by anthology is becoming a new phenomenon for uh, debut authors who are like me trying to prove to publishers that I'm not as big a risk as you might think I am. Mm-hmm. Here's here's a, a publisher and an editor who, who thought that you know, my work is good enough for this anthology. So it's sort of, once again, kind of a resume builder. And okay. plus, really fun to do that's awesome yeah that's that's really good insight for new and upcoming authors i i mean i'm finding uh the infrastructure field has a lot of creatives uh, you know and and um i'm 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 finding it we're really uh we have a rich community uh so many people i'm, I'm finding out they're either artists uh, as far as sound artists or authors like yourself or other type of creatives out there um so this is really cool this is really cool yeah, actually, I know somebody who does sculpting, and I know a couple of painters, too. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed that, too, that the more successful you are in, in the technology field, it's because you are that out-of-the-box thinker. You're, you're non-linear, mm-hmm. um, and that really does help, especially because one of the things that attracted me to this field in the first place is that it's always changing. So you have to be kind of fluid in the way you look at the world. Yeah. And, and I'm finding the same in, uh, in the writing community as well. That because tastes and pop culture are always changing, that that, again, is a very dynamic field. And that is one of the attractions for me there, too, that it's one of those things where you never stop learning. And anybody who says they know it all is lying. Mm -hmm. And it's true for both fields. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Robin, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, I really appreciate your time. And I, I found it wonderful talking to you and learning about your experience. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. Okay, again, this is Getting Into Information Security, and I'm your host, Amit Aswa. You can find other episodes at gettingintoinfosec.com. Thanks. Bye-bye.